1: Good to have you with us back for a final hour of power right here on a Friday afternoon in the nation's capital and beyond by the Odyssey app. Again, don't forget coming up, WWE superstars, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. You can see them tonight on Fox at 8 o'clock on WWE Friday Night Smackdown. And as well, tomorrow night at the Royal Rumble in Tampa, St. Pete. Joining us right now is the former head coach of the Washington Redskins and longtime offensive coordinator and our NFL analyst right here on the Team 980 Uh, on air and on the road. Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group. Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters in Ted Britt Chevrolet in Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage. See and shop them all at tedbritt.com. You can follow Jay Gruden on Twitter and X if you're not already doing so, at Coach underscore Jay Gruden. He's all over it, 33rd team and more. What's up, Jay? How are you? I'm doing good, Chris. How are you doing? I am doing great. Always good to hear uh, from you. I saw you had a recent column out in the uh, 33rd team. Uh, For those that missed that, what was that about? I
2: believe it was previewing the Chiefs and the – Whoever they're playing this week, the Ravens game, or it was about uh, rookie head coaches. Yes, you know their their steps and getting jobs and what they should do, and it's uh you know tough process for these young bucks.
1: Yeah, no doubt, it, no doubt about it. Um, all right, so there's so much obviously uh to talk about in in terms of you know these, you know both of these team, well both of these games, all four of these teams. Uh, and uh, I wanted to start picking uh, ahead with you. I mean, I've talked about them, but. Um, you know, your expertise is, um, away. And by the way, uh, w- one of your columns up, uh, you know, is there a way to basically slow down, you know, Patrick Mahomes? And that's kind of, I guess where we'll start Mike McDonald, right? They have the, the least points allowed, the least yards allowed, the most turnovers, uh, sacks, whatever, uh, the, 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 the triple, the hat trick is, we know how good they are on defense. Can Kansas who does Kansas City need besides the obvious Patrick Mahomes to be Superman? Kelsey, who had a couple of touchdowns last week, Pacheco, who's so physical, Jay, and but banged up. Uh, but I think he'll be okay. Who else do they need to step up? Is it just Rasheed Rice? Or do they need an MVS or or Kadarius Toney if he plays, or somebody else to step up to give them a chance of winning this game?
2: Yeah, I think you're going to need somebody. Christian Watson, uh, MVS, somebody's got to have to make some big plays. It's very difficult to make big plays against this Raven defense. They don't blitz a lot, so there's not a lot of huge gaping holes in that defense. They play a lot of two-safety looks, so they're protected on the back end, and they get pressure with their front four. And they do a really good job of matching coverages. So they're going to have to get some broken tackle runs. They're going to have to get some off-schedule plays by Patrick Mahomes, which, was, which is his strength anyway outside the pocket moving around and finding people in second and third window throws. That's the only chance they have, really, because I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball that effectively against Baltimore. They did great last week against Buffalo. Buffalo stayed in nickel versus two and three tight end sets. Buffalo, or Baltimore's not going to do that. They're going to play base. They're going to put eight in the box, and they're going to force them to throw against the, you know the Raven defense. If they do have a weakness, I believe it's, you know, maybe the corner. If Humphrey doesn't play and Darby's right. out there, then maybe find ways to go after the corners. But that's the weakness of Kansas City's team as a wide exactly. receiver. So it's not a it's not a great matchup for right. Kansas City, right. other than the fact they have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's definitely.
1: not like you have Devontae Adams out there going against maybe yeah. a banged-up Marlon Humphrey. I mean, you, I, you know, Rasheed Rice is awesome, but he doesn't strike me. He doesn't strike me, Jay, as, you know, as a a long ball vertical threat, more of a crossing route, you know, type of catcher. Uh, Is that fair based on what you've seen? I mean, um, I'm not saying he can't get up the field or he can't break away, but that doesn't seem to be his forte.
2: No, no. He does a lot of the in-breaking routes, the shallow crosses, the West coast principal offensive slants, and all that stuff, which he's really good at. He's good after the catch. You know, the issue is Baltimore is the best tackling secondary in the league and tackling linebackers The linebackers can fly queen and Roquan. So, uh, not a lot of run-after-the-catch opportunities for Kansas City, but they're going to just have to play physical and try to run through some tackles.
1: How do you get uh, – so Ball, Buffalo on on one of the two Kelsey touchdowns, I can't remember if it was the first or the second, they had a coverage bust or a miscommunication or whatever where they had one deep safety, and he was totally shaded on the other side of the field from where Kelsey lined up kind of in that Y slot area, and Kelsey ran a corner route, and, I mean, again, there was the deep safety didn't recognize it, until he broke off of his route completely on the other side and was way too late. Is that the way Kansas City could get an, a, a favorable matchup deeper down the field in lieu of having a great vertical receiver, meaning for, uh, schematically or motion or, or some sort of miscommunication by the Ravens to get Kelsey away from a safety in the deep portion of the field?
2: Yeah, that was just a three-level throw. They ran a, a out route by the number one receiver, and Kelsey was inside and ran a corner route, and the corner was responsible for that third, and he jumped the out route, and Kelsey stuck out right behind him. So there are ways to try to manipulate some of these zones that, you know, McDonald runs at Baltimore. They run a lot of quarters from cover, two. They just mix it up so well, it's hard to get a gauge on them, because they play single high. They play 3D fire zone. They play quarters. They match a quarters. They play Tampa 2. They play physical football, and You know, if you can read their mail somehow pre-snap and get them in a look and get after the corners on some one-on-one double moves, I think that's the best chance you have.
1: Jay Gruden is with us. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter uh, or X at Coach underscore Jay Gruden at Coach underscore Jay Gruden on the BetQL uh, guest hotline. Um, So from Baltimore's perspective, oh, uh, here's what I think you wrote uh, earlier in the week. I know you've done a bunch of videos and whatnot uh, for 33rd Team uh, didn't you do something on Lamar advancing as a pocket passer? I believe I remember reading that, uh, maybe uh, maybe Sunday night or Monday or whenever it was. And that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, so when I watch these games, and obviously I'm a novice, it seems like he is more apt and more likely to kill you in between the hashes and in the box area as a passer than in years past. Is that Lamar studying and working his ass off? Is that having Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers, and now you get Mark Andrews back along with Isaiah Likely, or is that Todd Munkin's system? Can you can you put a finger on what exactly, or maybe not exactly, but what you think might be the biggest area of growth or change?
2: I think it's a combination. You're exactly right. Lamar has done something to make himself better within the pocket on anticipation-type throws, crossing routes, in-breaking routes, outside the number throws. Uh, you're exactly right. He's doing it all. Type of ways. Now he's doing quick game on rhythm. He's doing uh, you know intermediate passes, dagger passes, over the top, high crosses. He's doing it all in the pocket. And then obviously, if you cover him down pretty good, and uh, defensive backs and linebackers aren't looking at you, they're matching up with coverage. He'll run and beat you crazy bad with his legs. So mm-hmm. uh, Lamar is playing at the highest level. Obviously, he's going to win MVP. Uh, but I've just been most impressed with his ability to throw accurately and on time more so this year than I have seen him in the past.
1: Uh, and is is that just um is that just seasoning and hard work i mean i look i i hate to bring obvi- obviously up like the the twitter feud between you and robert but like robert blames everybody but santa claus for all of his you know shortcomings and whatnot i, I always thought maybe it was a work ethic issue or 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 maybe not um you know trying to get better from inside the pocket maybe some of it uh is over overblown and overrated but lamar and, and and this is what i wanted to ask lamar seems like a real studious cat uh he seems like he's gotten better at the things that you have to get like everything that people worry about with mobile quarterbacks he seen it's taken him a while but he seems jay to have just advanced there was like one throw that he lined up on the ha- on the left hash last week or the snap was on the left hash and he kind of diagonally drifted backwards to the right hash and Morgan Moses who you know uh, and you had here had his guy completely obliterated on the right side of the Raven offensive line Lamar had 30 yards to run if he wanted to and instead he just sat there bounced on his feet maybe a double hitch and boom fired like a 15 17 yard strike across the middle I think on a crossing route I don't know if he would have done that a couple of years ago.
0: is your reward. Nadella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Yeah, you're probably right. I think he just has a lot more trust now in, in the people around him and the offense that he's running. And he's seeing concepts extremely well. He's reading defenses much better, and he's anticipating throwing windows. Sometimes when you're a running quarterback, and maybe the coordinator before didn't give him all that trust and a lot of these concepts before, mm-hmm. uh, but now he feels confident in what he sees, and he's letting the ball fly, and that's the most important thing for a quarterback, uh, not looking to run so much as reading out the play and the coverage and the defense and then let the defense dictate where the ball goes, and I think that's where his uh, improvement has come from, and then the accuracy level has been out of the roof, out of the, you know, out of this roof, out of the roof for him. He's just dropping balls in great locations and anticipating windows and uh catchable balls nobody's really diving for balls everything's like on target so i I really can't find a weakness in this game right now houston last week really tried to get after them the first half they must have blitzed them 75 percent of the time yep and that had some success you know that disrupted his timing and that you know put him on edge a little bit until the second half three straight drives three straight touchdowns and uh, that was well, Spagnuolo
1: likes to blitz too, right? I mean, he'll come. He'll yeah, he'll come, come after, after Lamar, yeah, right? Come
2: after him a little bit, yeah. especially in different passing formations and all that stuff. Yeah. Empty, especially has empty automatic blitzes. So it'll be interesting to watch. But you know, the, sometimes as a coach, defensive coach going against a guy like Lamar, you get a little bit timid yeah. and not want to blitz, yeah. not want to rush, and you're always preaching your guys, "Hey, keep them in the pocket," so the pass rush slows down, which gives Lamar more time to see and navigate the field and to navigate the defense and make the throws necessary to win. People are afraid to rush them.
1: They might not have Derek Nottie, uh, who missed last week's game, who's been banged up, missing practice this week. Uh, Gay, their linebacker, has been a little bit banged up. Don't know if he's going to play. At least he's been limited. Legere Need, who's their best corner, he's limited. He finally gave up a touchdown last week in Baltimore uh, against Buffalo, I should say. Uh, but, but they are, how would we best say, I guess, compromised a little bit physically. Does that, if you're a defensive coordinator, do you have to then adjust how you can attack a guy like Lamar, again, maybe with a heavier blitz package, because you're maybe compromised, or even if guys are playing, they're clearly not at 100%. Yeah,
2: you got to be careful with the people that you have, and now if you add Mark Andrews in the mix of plays, they have two tight ends that can hurt you really bad, so you're going to have some Coverage issues there. Where the you know, I don't expect Kansas City to play a whole lot of man-to-man against them. When you play man-to-man, you can have a whole player, and that'll protect you against the runs by Lamar. But you don't want to have your defense's back turned to Lamar right. very often because right. you can make one guy miss, and it's a, it's a long game. So I, I expect Spags to play a little bit more zone, some zone blitzes to try to get some pressure on them. And then Chris Jones has got to step up in a big-time way up the middle. Uh, But that's tough, too, because the Ravens' guard and center is really good.
1: But you're not going to – and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, obviously, you can blitz. You just mentioned zone blitz. You're not going to probably blitz as much out of – if you're playing heavier zone than you are man, right?
2: Uh, No. You know, you can play – there's a lot of zone blitzes now. They have 3D fire zones and uh, 2D fire zones, and I think that's the safest way to blitz. You don't want to blitz. You know, they'll have – and then they cover zeros, which – you know, there's bringing one more than you have in protection. That'll be uh, probably once they cross midfield, or maybe a crucial third down late in the game, or fourth down, or what have you. That's when you'll see Spags turn up the heat. All
1: right, Jay Gruden is with us. NFC Championship game, Detroit versus San Francisco. Um, Jay, is it too much to say if San Francisco plays like they did last Saturday night, Detroit's going to win this game? Uh, I mean, like, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying San Francisco played horrible, but clearly something was off. Except. You know for a couple of drives and the one big run by McCaffrey right up the middle i I mean is that how you view it or do you think San Francisco will be much more on their buttons and screws on Saturday on Sunday
2: well I would expect that but Debo Samuel's a big question mark for me he's what makes that offense one of the guys I mean obviously has a lot of guys but he's a key component to that offense with his ability to block and run after the catch and take a small completion a short completion and turn into a big play these are huge plays for the 49ers when they're successful and if he doesn't play they lose that now you're looking for iuke a little bit more you're looking for jennings obviously kittle and McCaffrey out of the backfield that's a major weapon that you're losing so i'll be interested to see if he plays or not but I expect them to turn it around. I think uh, Detroit, if they do have a flaw, it's maybe stopping the run, and I think that's a strength of the 49ers' offense. And Kyle will stick with the run this week, I believe, and then hit the play actions, which Purdy can execute quite efficiently, and I think they'll have some success.
1: Yeah, I, I think you can probably run against – I mean, each offense is probably going to be able to run the ball against each defense, right? I, I mean, you talk about you know Detroit maybe being compromised – uh, in that, but but San Francisco seems to be compromised a little bit in that, especially if you wanted to run, you know, right at Chase Young, or, or is that too simple? Yeah,
2: no, no. The Detroit's running the ball no matter what. This is why they are where they are mm-hmm. because of their ability to run the ball, and they drafted extremely well as far as and they picked up free agents, uh, Decker tackle, and they got Sewell in the draft, oh, yeah. and Frank Ragnow in the draft. and uh, Glasgow in a draft from Michigan, and LaPorta in the draft, and now they got Gibbs and Montgomery. So they're built to run the football, and that's what Dan Campbell wants to do. And Ben Johnson has done a great job of uh, making sure he stays true to his identity that a head coach wants. And they're a physical football team and that opens up what Jared Goff is really good at. That's the bootlegs and the play actions.
1: Right. And because he's not gonna run all over the place, but that's how he's gonna kill you. Uh, you know, with a little bit of deception holding the linebackers. Yeah, you got some really good linebackers on the other side of the aisle, uh, in Greenlaw and um uh uh why am Warner. I, uh and, and Fred Warner, absolutely. Uh I and I <sighs> I think you, like, if they can get to the third level of that San Francisco defense, Jay, they were clutching and grabbing a couple of times, a couple of key penalties last Saturday night. I think you might, especially with Hufunga out, I think they might be able, like, if they can hold up in protection and, again, use that play action and buy Jared Goff a little bit of time, you might be able to throw against this San Francisco secondary if you can hold up.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And Amonra will be moved all over the place. He plays outside and inside in the slot. And he's weak side and empty. I mean, they move him around extremely well. He'll work option routes. But uh, they'll try to get down the field with Josh Reynolds and uh, the other kid. I forgot his name, um, the fast one. But uh, Jamison Williams? Jared Golf, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for, for most part, Jared Golf is more of a play action. One, two, three, four, five, stick your foot in the ground, yeah. hit the skinny post, hit the high cross, whatever it might be. Uh, not so much a deep ball thrower that's not as pretty much not as not as forte they'll take a couple shots but uh, maybe some double moves off play action but jared is going to be a rhythm thrower a quick game thrower and then hand the ball off
1: jay gruden is with us for another couple of moments right here brought to you by the ted Britt automotive group on the betql a guest hotline uh so ben johnson i know i've asked you about him you just mentioned him Uh, i mean he's In most people's eyes, the number one candidate um, for the commander's head coaching position. Um, As you've seen him, I guess, more and more, uh, you you know, there's one area that worries me, Jay. as, As I look back on, you know, some of the highlight packages and some of the numbers on the road against Pretty good defenses, and granted, I'm I'm saying pretty good defenses. The Chiefs on opening night, the Buccaneers in Tampa, Chicago on the road in late uh, November, early December, whatever it was. Um, you know, they, they haven't always been pretty, and it seems like if you can take away that run, again, and maybe this is kind of like what you were mentioning, Jared Goff likes to use the play action in the boot. If you can somewhat control that run, it makes it easier to zero in on their passing attack. Is is that, again, fair to say?
2: Oh, yeah, that's for sure fair to say. The strength of their team is the running game and the physicalities they play with. When they become one-dimensional, they're very ordinary of a football team. They don't protect extremely well. And and Jared's not that guy to ad-lib and get uh, you know plays outside the pocket. So everything's got to be on rhythm, on time, and people got to be open. And when windows get closed down, Jared can't escape. So uh, it's very difficult for them to catch up and uh, beat you by throwing a ball 45 or 50 times. I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, do you think it will be Ben Johnson ultimately that uh, uh, replaces Ron Rivera here? Or would you, would you tend to think it's a more open process, which I know drives people crazy, but it, it does seem like it's a semi-open process.
2: Uh, it's got to be Ben, right? I mean, he's the number one candidate out there. There's only two jobs left and this is a perfect spot for him because of the number 2 pick. He could mm. get one of those quarterbacks and a young coach with a young quarterback. They can play together, coach together for a long long time if they're right on the number 2 pick. If yeah. they're not right on the number 2 pick, then you'll be looking for another guy in 3 years. Right.
1: Well, Lewis Riddick of ESPN, I don't know what you think of of his analysis, uh, but you know, he he generally makes sense to me. I but maybe I'm missing something. He's, you know, out there talking about how, you know, teams that enter into a head coaching search mostly or solely looking for an offensive mind, uh, you you know, that that's the wrong approach to take, you know, having an open search, having, you know, best leader, all of that stuff. Do you put more value just being with your experience on leadership or quarterback development um, being more important in today's game?
2: Well, leadership is the first thing you got to look for because he's got to lead your program. Uh, your team for a long time in a lot of different areas so you'd rather have a good leader than a good offensive mind you can find good offensive minds, you just got to find the right people right. to run the offense to have offense you know on there you know there's not many offensive minds that would have done great job with this offense that washington put out last year you know sam howell playing in his first year really and the offensive line wasn't very good no really tight ends for you and you know the receiving core was probably a little uh was a little bit better than okay so you know, that's, that's tough to call plays in that with that personnel group. So you got to find great personnel, a great leader, and then offensive-minded coaches. They they come and go, and it's not that hard to find. But when you're having a number two pick and you're trying to develop a quarterback, then I think an offensive-minded coach probably is the way to go more so.
1: Um, what do you think of Dan Quinn? I mean, assuming that he is a legitimate contender and he's going to get a third interview here, so I assume he's a legitimate contender. Um, and I know he wants this job, or I know he's – He's very interested in this job and has been, uh, even before the Seattle job popped open. What do you think of him as a defensive mind and whatever you know about his, again, leadership ability?
2: Well, he's been a great leader. He's been a head coach and taken a team to a Super Bowl, so that's obviously proven that he can lead a football team. There's no doubt about it. Defensive mind, he's a good coach, obviously. You You don't like to see the Packers go up and down the field for 40 on you in the biggest game of your life at home. I mean, that's not good. So, you know, he had some issues. He saw saw Buffalo did to him too as well running the football. You know, he's got to do a better job of stopping the run wherever he goes in his next stop if he stays at Dallas or goes somewhere else, but uh he's a, he's always been a good coach and a good leader, but I just think Ben Johnson would be the right choice especially with that number 2 pick is my point.
1: Yeah. No, no problem. I understand that. Uh Jay Gruden uh with us. One more uh Jay, ultimately um as you know, as as you look at the landscape, right, uh, Raheem, you know who, you know you've been around, um, gets the uh, Atlanta job. Dave Canales gets the Carolina job. Uh, Brian Callahan gets the Tennessee job. And yet here we have Belichick, Vrabel, um, Pete Carroll, uh, you. I'll throw you into the mix, and and yeah. you know. <laughs> I mean, and it's almost like code silence, like radio silence. Like, is that frustrating, disappointing, or have you kind of just looked at that and said, well, that's just the way it is? Well,
2: that's the way it is. Teams are going younger right now, and uh, and that's just the way uh, it's working right now. I don't know why. I think uh, I'm partly to blame because I hired Sean to be the youngest offensive coordinator lead, and then he went on and did great things, and then here comes Matt LaFleur. Here comes yep. all these other guys and yep. Mike McDaniel and, now Brian Callahan and, uh, you know, obviously the coach at Cincinnati, he's a young kid, so uh, that's the way to go. I think they want younger guys for this new generation of player, and uh, and that's what the owners are feeling right now. The older coaches, are they feel like they're outdated a little bit maybe, and they want young guys to right their ship, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't.
1: I like experience, Jay. I like experience, you know?
2: Yeah, I think there's a fine line. I think if you've got a young coach, that's great, but just make sure he doesn't bring all his buddies and, make sure he brings some uh, you know, some experienced coaches with him. Like if Ben Johnson gets a job, maybe he can hire Mike Vrabel as defensive coordinator. That'd be something good to Ooh. look at, you know, some, some experience in that regard.
1: Ooh, that would fire uh, people so cool. up around here. That would fire people. I haven't thought about that combination, but Vrabel's running out of opportunities oh. if he wants to coach. I like that. Mm, interesting. Uh, Jay, thank you, you so much. <laughs> Jay, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Uh, as always, have a great weekend. Hope you're hitting them straight, and uh, we'll talk again next week, okay? All right, thanks, Chris. All right, there you go. That is Jay Gruden. He's great. Make sure you check him out each and every week with us. We've kind of moved him to the back end of the uh, the week to get a further preview and a closer uh, preview of the AFC and NFC title games, which are both available for you right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. On air and on the road, Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly, and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters in Ted Britt, Chevrolet in Sterling, all home to Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage, see